0: But before Chip can be able to speak to us, let me ask Lucy to pray and then uh, I'll welcome Chip. Lucy, why don't you pray and just commit Chip into God's hands?
1: Okay, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege that you give us to share and hear from you, from your word. We pray, Lord, that you um, help us have open hearts, open minds, uh, make our hearts, May our hearts be fertile soil to receive Your word, and may we bear may may it bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.
2: Amen.
0: Oh, my soul, you're not alone. Chip, you're welcome.
2: Well, uh, one of the things I wanted to share with you, or David, you asked me to talk about, was should I be afraid? And really, should I be afraid of COVID? Um, when, I, when I started thinking about it, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I am someone who wrestles with fear. And for whatever reason, I, I am not fearful of COVID, but I wrestle with fear. And there's so many different types of fear that are out there today. And in fact, I've been working on a lot of it because I've been working on it within myself. Um, there's the fear of man. There's the fear of God. There's the, the fear of the lie, maybe the lie that's being um, placed on us because of the circumstance that's with, within COVID. Um, where does fear come from? W- why do we have fear? Why does fear create doubt in us? Why does fear blind us? You know, why does fear cause us to ask questions? Are there healthy fears? And all of those types of things. And I think those are all very good topics. But the reality is, is that fear is something that um, is placed within us because because I believe uh, Satan uses it as a tool to distract us. And uh, I really thought that uh, a passage that would really encourage us today as we look at fear um, comes from John chapter 11. And uh, this is the story of Lazarus. I think uh, most of us know this story very well. And, uh, but there's some really cool things that happen here. Now, now this story may not be the best story to relate with COVID because at the end, Lazarus rises again. But, uh, what it does do is remind us that God is the power over life and death. And so, um, uh, I'd like us to look at John chapter 11. Listen to what it says here. It says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with an ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the, center, the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. I think it's pretty interesting because this phrase here, Lord, he whom you love is ill. And there, there's this uh, almost like uh, emphasis of the fact because you love this person, you're going to take care of this person, and you're going to heal this person. Well, what do we know about our Lord? He loves all of us. Every single last one of us. And the sisters, when they say this, I, I'm sure that there it's it's more of the plea because there's this special love, Lord. Take care of our brother, take care of our friend. And verse 4 it says, But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Now, this is something we need to understand about COVID. This illness, COVID, or we could say, This COVID. If we wanted to relate it to today, does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about uh, you know COVID in light of my dad, and really thinking about the the influence that my dad had around the world. And and I have asked that question: You know, Lord, why would you take my dad, especially with COVID? especially when I think about all that my dad has been able to do to encourage uh, people throughout all of the world. In fact, uh, there were 4,000 people that uh, watched my dad's memorial service, which was a true testimony to uh, the impact of lives he had around the world. And it may be even more than that that actually watched, but those were the ones that we knew were watching. And uh, And what it told me was is that, that God had a bigger plan in store, maybe through the act of COVID, to encourage people that much more. See, the thing we need to understand is: number one, is that God's plans are not our plans. So, God's plans are not our plans. Instead of going right away to heal Lazarus, which is what we're going to see here in the next few verses, is that that he waits two more days because, and this is what he says, because he loves Mary and Martha. Now, does that seem like an act of love? Um, I think for most of us, we go, what in the world? Why wouldn't he just go? He loves this person. Why wouldn't he just go? How's this an act of love that he's just going to let Lazarus die? Well, the reason it's an act of love is because we don't know the the final outcome. I know that in the last... Um, in the last few months since my dad has passed away, that I've had the opportunity to lead 10 uh, people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, would I have known that that was going to be the outcome of that? Uh, absolutely not. So when we see here in verse, uh, in verse 5, when it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, meaning he, what he's trying to say to us is that he loves all of us. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now, is that, isn't that that interesting? This guy is sick, but yet he stays two days longer. In verse 7, it says, Then after this he says to his disciples, Now let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going to go there again? And Jesus answers, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, our friend, Lazarus, has fallen asleep but I go to awaken him. See, one of the things that we see here in this passage is that not only is God's plans not our plans, but the second thing I want you to understand is that death should draw us closer to God, not further from him. It should draw us closer to God, not further from him. What do I mean by that? Well, let's look at these next few verses. Verse 12, it says, the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. See, they don't even realize he's dead yet. Now, Jesus had to speak uh, speak to them about the death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. And then Jesus says to them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. So that you may believe. See, what we see here is that death is going to be the thing that draws them closer to their relationship with God. And I'm going to tell you firsthand that my dad's death did not push me away from my relationship with God. It actually has drawn me closer to him. And I believe the reason it has drawn me closer is because it's because I I believe that God is just working in me and helping me to see uh, the purpose of the whole thing and help me to see beyond the disease that is plaguing us from from moving forward. So when Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus had died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But then he says this, but let us go to him. Now, isn't that confusing? The Lazarus is dead. And he says to his disciples, let us go to him. So Salamis called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. See, they think because because the Jews want Jesus dead, that what's going to happen is that Jesus is going to die too. But forgetting the fact that Jesus himself is God. And he is the one that's going to predetermine when He's going to die. It's not man. And I think that's the thing that we don't understand. See, the day that my dad passed away was the day that the Lord had already predetermined before the foundations of the world that that was the day that my dad was gonna spend eternity with him. It's hard for us to think in those, in those uh, uh, ideas because like we talked about earlier, When we're asking some of the questions we struggle with the idea that that uh uh, how can this be part of the plan because we're always worried about tomorrow we're always worried about the next five years we're always worried about the next 10 years we're always worried about whether or not um, we're going to have enough money for retirement, and and whether or not we're going to do these things, when the truth is we don't know if today is our last day. We don't even know if this is the last day before Jesus comes. We could be sitting here in this moment, and wouldn't that be great, and he calls us all home. But if he were to call us all home right now, what would we think? Would we be discouraged because, because we allowed the disease to keep us from doing what God has called us to do? See, the thing we need to understand here is that God is the power over life and death. God is the power over life and death. It says in verse 17, when, uh, Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. And Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to counsel them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Isn't that a crazy thought that we have there? Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, listen to this. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Man, listen to the faith that Mary has here. She really believes that if it is God's will, that he can restore this life. Verse 23, it says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. But we need to understand that the importance of this story is that it's not that someone could go to that grave and they're going to stay there in that grave and, and that someone's going to come and, and and they're going to ask that person to come out of the grave and we're going to see this amazing miracle. What this story is supposed to do is to help us to realize the power of God and that the grave's not going to hold us there. That God created us for eternal life and and he will restore our lives. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again on the resurrection on the last day. What she is saying here is, is that I understand, because you made this promise. This is what has been taught to us all of this, all of these years. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, earthly die, yet shall he live. Verse 26. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall, what's it say there? Never die. Do you believe this? He's asking that question. But I believe that question is there because it's a question that he is asking us right now in the midst of this COVID. I, I do not think it's an accident that this passage is so fitting for today because i think so many of us are paralyzed by the fear of the of the unknown that we have stopped doing what we know is true and what we know as true as fellow believers in Jesus Christ is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and because he died on the cross and because i believe in him it says everyone who lives and believes in me shall Never die. And at the end here, it says, "Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world." I believe that's the statement that we all need to be declaring. That yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. When we're in this midst of this COVID, and and we're questioning whether or not we should go see someone. I had this great opportunity about a year ago and this lady um, called me up, they did not come to our church, and uh, she called me up and she said, hey, my mom is dying, but uh, we don't have a pastor, and would you be willing to come and talk to my mom about how she can know how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, so to to make sure that if she were to pass today, that she would spend eternity with him. Well, in the season of COVID, we would probably say, no, that's probably not a good idea. But last year in that moment, last year in that moment, I said, absolutely. I went there. I could not find the house. It was the most discouraging thing. I couldn't find the house. Couldn't find where her apartment was at. And uh, I almost gave up. And as I, I started to drive out of the apartment complex, and I saw the girl, I hadn't seen her in years, because she like I said, she didn't come to our church. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, uh, you know, the Lord really wants me to be here, even though I really have a lot better things in my mind that I could be doing. And so I so I almost allowed fear to keep me from going into this place. I, I couldn't remember uh, where the house was. I I wasn't sure if I knew who these people were for sure. And then I saw the girl. The Lord basically told me within my heart, just turn around and follow her in. And I did that. Well, I went into the house and and uh, went in and they they invited me into her bedroom where she was uh, there with hospice care, and the daughter had her daughter there. So it was the mom who was on her last days, the daughter plus the granddaughter. Three generations were there in that room. And I said, if the Lord were to take you home today, do you know without a doubt you're going to spend eternity in heaven? And she said, I don't know. So I walked her through John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And asked her if she understood what that meant. Asked her if she would like to invite Jesus into her life. The coolest thing happened in that moment. All three generations accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That mom, at that moment, that was laying on her bed, Within an hour, couldn't speak anymore. Within the next twenty-four hours, had passed away. See, we don't know. We don't know the the reason or the circumstances as to why God allows specific things to happen. But we do know that God is the power over life and death, and we have all seen it. But I believe Satan has has interjected this this uh, disease called COVID into our world to to prevent us as Christians to proclaim who Christ is. I I love this uh, story um, in Philippians chapter one of Paul. Paul is in prison and he says this in verse 12 of chapter one. He says, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. How many of us can say that what has happened through this disease of COVID has really served to advance the gospel, or how many of us would actually say that what it has done is hindered the advancement of the gospel. I believe that We have the greatest opportunity to proclaim who Christ is because we have have the gospel message. We have the power of salvation because the Lord has given us the power of his word to present salvation of what he did on the cross for us. So the question that we should be asking ourselves is not why did God allow COVID, but why did God allow us to be here during this time? Of COVID? Why did God allow us to be here during this time of COVID? And I hope we don't miss this. Just like Paul says from this prison, from this filthy prison, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. I believe that right now God has given us the greatest opportunity ever, at least in my lifetime, to share the gospel message to people who are scared of the afterlife because they don't know. They don't know if they know Jesus Christ, their personal savior. And when we get those opportunities, how are we going to advance the gospel? So just one of the things I'd like to just say within a closing thought is what are we doing? When you think about camp in the cloud and i hope that we're not in the uh camp in the cloud forever but for for some of us this has been the best opportunity for us to to be encouraged by one another but at the same time what are we doing to encourage one another to proclaim the gospel Love that passage, Philippians 1.12. Paul says, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Well, really, that is what I had kind of prepared for you today and to encourage you with. And I would love to, if you have some questions or you have some questions for David, uh, just to you know have a moment to be encouraged together as we work through some of those questions together. What are some of the things that COVID has caused fear within your lives?
1: Well, thank you, Chip. I have uh, a question, I guess I'll go first. Um, one one of, well, this, this uh, it comes from a personal experience and then we draw a question out of it. One of my best friends lost her dad this week, uh, hmm. just like about four days ago and lost him lost to COVID. And everything mm. in me wants to drop everything and go be with her. Because she's been mm. there for me literally every season of my life since we were teenagers. But because she was with her dad less than 48 hours before he died, they didn't know it was COVID at the time. Mm. She has refused me to go to her, which, and rightfully so. But just knowing she's alone at this time is killing me. How can I be a source of encouragement from far away? and hmm. to generalize that, how can we encourage our loved ones from afar who are hmm. hurting and are in this right now in real time? Hmm.
2: That's a great question. Um, I am, I'm actually going through this with my siblings. My, my, uh, my siblings uh, all have cancer. All four of them have cancer. They're all younger than I am. Um, it's a disease that they, that they got because um, of, uh, of my mom had the disease and she passed away from that disease when she was 35 years old. And one of the things that has been really hard for us during this period of time is that we, we can't comfort each other. In fact, we were supposed to spend Thanksgiving together and it looks like our country is going to basically shut down and we're not going to be able to do those things together. And how can we and how do we encourage each other? We spent a lot of time um, texting, calling each other, praying with each other, and yet it's not the same, but I cannot believe how well technology has has done in helping at least to bridge some of the gaps. My my siblings can't get COVID. If they get COVID, um, their immune systems are very compromised and it would not be good for them. Are they afraid of COVID? no they're they're still not afraid of COVID because they still believe that god uh that god is going to um really uh provide for them however he needs to and that when it's time for them to go home it's time for them to go home but at the same time it doesn't mean that we're not still to be smart and uh and encourage and just just before we even had this time together we were praying for each other they were praying for me as I was getting ready to talk to you about uh, COVID today. And I was praying for them because they were so discouraged that we may not be able to get together during the holiday season.
1: So just using uh, the opportunity God has given us with through technology and just doing the best we can in that way, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. It's not the same, it isn't, it's not the same, but the power of the Holy Spirit fills those voids. And we have to put those in, I think so many times, we think it's in our hands, and it's not in our hands. The comfort doesn't come from us. It comes from what God does through us. And that's the thing we have to remember.
1: Okay, okay. Well, um, you also mentioned that God has power over life and death. Um, it also reminded me of, I, I keep talking about Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine: the secret things belong to God. Like those which are revealed uh, for us and our generations to come. Um, but how do we find faith in the unknown? You shared about that—the um, sovereignty of God over all things—and my unknown is uh, is also now back to a personal thing. That uh, my God, it wasn't a COVID thing, but at the point at which he passed away, he hadn't let any of us know if he did have a relationship with Christ. So we were all left in that limbo of not knowing. Hmm. Is Are we ever going, will we see him again or is he gone forever? Hmm. Because the rest of my siblings, we're all, um, we all have a relationship with Christ and we've all shared the gospel with him before at different times, but he never did quite make any clear statement so we're all left in that space hmm. and it's a very difficult space to be in because it makes closure a bit difficult hmm. there's hope in knowing i will see them again but when you don't hmm. know you will it's, it's it's a whole different thing
2: this this is a very good question i think this is a question that um um in my time of being a pastor uh Really, uh, I probably got asked more than any other question. And something I began to realize um, while I was uh, shepherding our church is that we don't, we actually don't know who knows the Lord and who doesn't know the Lord. There are many people that have been going to church for years and years and years who may not know the Lord, but we think they're in heaven. And there are those who never went to church, but at some point gave their life to the Lord, not through a through a prayer or a specific uh, uh, ritual or anything like that, and but because they believed in the Lord, they knew the Lord, and so there are those that uh, that uh, um, we're going to get to heaven. We're going to be, I think, we'll be surprised, and there's going to be those that we're going to be surprised on the other end. Um, but at the same time, I wonder, I wonder if we when we get to heaven, if it if it's even something that's going to be on our mind. Um, I think the only thing that's going to be on our mind when we're in the presence of the Lord is not who is not there, but the fact that we are there with him. Um, And I know that doesn't give us encouragement for today, but the truth is, is that the only one who knows whether or not someone gave their life to the Lord is, is Jesus himself, is God, our heavenly father. And, and we take comfort in knowing that there's this hope that that possibly could happen. And, uh, I stopped, I stopped, uh, uh, saying, uh, to people that, uh, you know, I don't know if you, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this person didn't go to heaven or this or that. Cause the truth was, is I just don't know. Only God knows.
1: Only God knows. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, David, I don't know if you have any question. I know Grace posed a question earlier, um, asking how do you keep consistent. Sometimes uh, she she shared that sometimes I feel like David and Goliath, um, and other days I feel like Peter in the courtyard. So <laughs> I think some. So how do you keep consistent without second guessing fears place in your daily decisions?
2: Huh. By spending time with God, that's that's the only way. I know that when I struggle, when I struggle with the temptations and the things that I struggle with the most, is because I don't start my day with God. Um, and I know that uh, there's times when I start my day with God, but my heart's not right when I start my day with God, and I'm not listening, and I'm I'm just going through the the motions of making it look like so my kids can see that that their dad still does their devotions in the morning or whatever the reasons that I use to do it. Um, I need to prepare my heart to hear from God every single day, to be encouraged by him. And there's just going to be those moments when we do go through those times that it's going to be hard. Those those days are going to be hard. But what's so cool is that tomorrow's a new day. And every day we need to wake up renewed, refreshed and ready to move forward. Um, I love what John 1 says In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. <laughs> he tells us the Word was God. Why is that so important? Because it's what encourages us when we go to His Word, it's God speaking directly to us.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank Amen. you. Chip. Thank you so much for those. Yes, over to you, David.
0: Wow, it's it's been amazing. Um, if it were a sponge, it was just soaking in. Uh, because this is this is real in the sense that uh, it's something that is alive, uh, eating at each one of us uh, with questions. And yet the scriptures have always been there. They are truth. Um, one of the questions I was thinking about, I think this will be our last question. I only have one. Um, Chip is... Recently, I did read uh, from 1 Corinthians 15, uh, where Paul is talking about the resurrection um, of Christ and those who doubt the resurrection. And he's saying, if he did not rise, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. And I think at that point, he is really trying to give very solid answers to the philosophy, Leave for now. And yet, I really was thinking about the video you, you, you just did for us that uh, they also living and worrying about tomorrow can be a dangerous thing and yet living for now is equally dangerous (laughs) how do you strike the balance between not living for now eat and drink for tomorrow you'll die and then also not worrying about tomorrow because I think that's where also the savings in uh, in, coming retirement comes into the picture But uh, where do you strike the balance between the two? All of this is to answer the questions about tomorrow and it comes to worry and and, and things. I know today's was very specifically concerning death, uh, concerning whether we will live after tomorrow when we die. (laughs) But this question is in relation to, I I don't want to worry about tomorrow, neither do I want to live without uh, tomorrow in mind because the scripture seems to point us to not to do either. And so how would you strike the balance between the
2: two? Well, that's, I think that's the thing we wrestle with more than anything else, because the world we live in today um, tells us that we need to plan for tomorrow. Right. I mean, isn't that the, where it becomes confusing. Um, Even our families are like, aren't you, aren't you, you know, when they, when they, when they talk about scenarios, uh, you know hey we need to plan for christmas and then we need to plan for um, these birthdays and we need to plan for um, college and you know with our kids when they as they grow up and we need to plan for this and we plan for that and we spend all of our time planning instead of instead of focusing on where god is trying to lead us when we when we don't worry about those things and we just trust god in the moment he, it, is, it is amazing the opportunities he gives us within the moment. And as, we t- as I shared within the video, it's still, it's still important that we plan, but we plan with this idea that God can change the plan mm-hmm.
0: and that we don't need to
2: worry about that, that God can change the plan. God can open up the door. God can change uh, 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 of what the, the, the truth and realities of life really are because he's God and he can do that. And uh, and I, I'm a visionary. Um, one of the things that I, I pride myself in is 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 being able to see things that I, I think a lot of people cannot see. But at the same time, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen something um, that I believe God was directing me towards, and he 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 may have gotten us to that point, but it didn't even look close to the way that I thought it was going to look. But you know what? It didn't matter to me because we still got where God wanted us to go. And, uh, and w- the, when I start thinking about the things for tomorrow, more than I think about the things of today, I start losing focus on the opportunities that God has right in front of me right now. And um, we don't want to miss those opportunities. I think, I think in light of COVID, I think we're so fearful of making it through this pandemic that we're missing the opportunities of all these people who do not know Jesus and are fearful of of dying and we're not giving the the message of hope because we're not living out the hope ourselves.
0: Hmm. We need to live out this hope. Um, and just literally be alive. And so, mm. Chip, thank you, and thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Questions About Tomorrow here on Cabin Devils, a program by Camp in the Cloud. And this is going to be a three-part series. In fact, the last question we just had is only but uh, an introduction to what's going to be happening on Monday. Questions about tomorrow. I'm afraid, really afraid. What if the tomorrow, I'm afraid, Of actually comes what if the tomorrow I'm afraid of actually comes you know sometimes we can be afraid certain things may happen but you're thinking well I believe and I have hope that God will see us through this but what if the tomorrow that I'm afraid of actually comes and uh, we're going to be switching a little bit from uh, COVID-19 to now the reality of nightmares sometimes uh, we it's like anticipating a nightmare and, and being afraid of tomorrow, especially because there are signs that it could really happen. Evidence like losing a job, death of someone we depend on, or having no savings. We cannot be afraid of so many things. What's the biblical teaching on fear as a whole? And that's going to be our focus on Monday. Again, with Chip, again with Chip. And so if you guys have enjoyed tonight, please tune in on Monday, same time, the same link that brought you here, will bring you back on Monday. But Chip, thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm going to ask you to just answer one last question, and then uh, I'm going to ask Lucy to pray. And the question is simple. Someone is here tonight, and they're not sure about tomorrow. Should they die tonight? What would be your final advice to them? It could be someone maybe listening in, um, like that lady you talked about. who was able to experience three of her generations come to Christ. Uh, but what would be, in, in summary, what would be your uh, hope? What does the scriptures teach uh, concerning someone who is not sure about their tomorrow? Should they die? Because we do not know. That is one thing God has kept from us the day of our death. But what would
2: it be? Um, what would be your advice for someone like that, Chip? Well, my advice it would be very simply that that Jesus came and died for you, just the same as he came and died for me. And, uh, you know, I, I shared uh, John three sixteen, but verse 17 is so important for us to understand because God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But in order that the world might be saved, through Him, That word might, and the reason he puts that in there, it's not a guarantee. You have to believe. Verse 18, it says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. So the truth is, is that the simple answer to the question is, is you must believe. You must believe in the power of God, that he is in control over life and that he came he died on the cross for your sins and his blood was shed so that you may have ever life
0: amen amen and so if you're here tonight and you'd like to place your faith and life in christ jesus just take a minute right now and just pray to him and say i know i'm a sinner i want to trust you tonight um, to save me and make me your child and make me your child and if you've done that, give us a thumbs up. We'd like to know and celebrate with you. But as you do that, let me ask Lucy uh, to close for us in prayer. And also you as an individual, take a minute and just commit your fears to God. And maybe you might already be a Christian. Just just pray um, the passage you just looked at in John. And maybe like Mary's words, and I I, I just say, Lord, I know you're the Messiah. I know you're the Christ. I know that you can raise me from the dead. Just just pray and, and be reminded of his truth, even as we pray together. Lucy, would you please lead us in prayer as we come to the end of our show?
1: All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the timely reminder that in spite of the season we're in with the pandemic going on and fear raging through the entire world, Um, we're reminded that you have power over life and death, you're sovereign over all creation, and you are in control. So help us to rest in the truth, the knowledge of your truth, Lord. Help us to um, receive your word and allow it to wash and cleanse us and purify us Give us boldness, Lord, to share the truth with those that are around us. Open our eyes that we may see the needs around us and respond to them and reach out to people that your name will be spread out, will be made known to those that do not know and that many will come to know you and receive um, the gift of eternal life so help us to walk in obedience in that regard oh god that you will be honored in jesus name we thank you so much for pastor chip we pray that you continue to watch over him and bless him in his ministry and that he will be faithful to his calling and trusting in you he is the only one that's able to keep him from falling helping to trust in your word um, that you, um, you are faithful and you are all, you are sufficient in all things. In Jesus' name we pray.
0: Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Chip. Thank you for cutting our time for us. Three days in a row. I'm really looking forward to Monday and uh, and uh, and Wednesday. And then we'll have Mr. David Chiraria hopefully on Friday. Still answering questions about more. Thank you so much, Chip.
2: Thank yep. you for joining us tonight. It was a great uh, privilege to be with you guys.
0: If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go to
2: bed,
0: you can as well grow in your faith. Your number one
2: live podcast.
0: Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 p.m. East African time.